0: Greetings and salutations. Welcome to day 27 of the BMM 30 series here on the Chris Pies and Things Podcast. I am, of course, your host, Chris Stevens. Hopefully you have been enjoying the series so far. If this is your first time tuning in, June is Black Music Month. There are 30 days in June, and I'm talking about 30 albums that help shape my musical taste, albums that are critical or key to an artist's development, and albums that might have just fallen under the radar from a known artist or an unknown artist. Today we're talking about the late great Rick James and the last great album in his catalog, of course. We're talking about Cold-Blooded. Now the album Cold-Blooded, is important to note, is Rick James' last album to reach high on the pop. Charts. It's not his last album to reach high on the R&B charts. Glow reached number 7 in 1985, but Cold-Blooded was number 1 on the R&B charts and was high as 16 on the pop charts. So the party hadn't ended for Rick yet, but you could see the end in sight. And this is still a really good album, but compared to the other stuff, the earlier stuff of like Throwing Down, Street Songs, Busting Out, of course Come Get It, the debut with the Stone City Band in 1978, it was more of Rick taking... More of the lead on instrumentation. And that's actually how Cold-Bloody came about. The story of cold Blooded," the single, um, is, of course, when Rick was dating Linda Blair, who was in her early 20s at the time. Of course, everyone knew Linda Blair back then as the uh, exorcist girl. But she, of course, was a an, a young adult by this point, even though Rick was about 10, 11 years her senior. And they were dating. And she uh, got pregnant. And fittingly, in these times, as we're talking about a, a woman's right to choose and reproductive health and all of that, she chose to get an abortion. And Rick was hurt by that. So he said cold-blooded was about how Linda could freeze his blood. Like, whatever she wanted to do, she could do it. And that is how cold-blooded came to be. Actually, that's the title. That's the reason behind the title. The actual nuts and bolts of it was Linda came to Buffalo, where Rick was born and raised and had a studio to learn how to write music. And Rick showed her some stuff on his drum machines and his keyboards and just messing around. That's how cold blood came about. And that was the first Rick James song that didn't feature super accompaniment laden instrumentation. And it's still one of his most popular songs to this day. It was in step with the times. It was still Rick being Rick talking about women, talking about all the good stuff that, you know, comes with dating women and it worked for him. And then, of course, the album itself was released in August of 1983. Again, it is Rick talking about everything that Rick James was talking about before. You know, the, the parties, the girls, the the romance of it all. And the romance of it all is no more evident than on probably one of the greatest slow jams of the 1980s, of course, Ebony Eyes with the legendary Smokey Robinson. That had to be such a thrill for Rick because, of course, Smokey was Motown VP for so many years and obviously an accomplished artist in his own right. So to have someone that you probably admire, someone that you've probably tried to hone your sound a little bit after, jump on one of your songs and absolutely nail it, had to be a thrill for Rick. And of course, Ebony Oz was the third single released. Cold Blooded was the first. It was released the day after 4th of July 1983. You bring the freak out, it's kind of like, eh? Another one of those Rick songs that's like that's hit or miss. And it's rare that Rick James has a hit or miss in his catalog, but when you think about it. There's always some stuff that, you know, you just see Rick putting out there just to fit a formula. And you bring the freak out is super freak-like. Back to Ebony Eyes though. Ebony Eyes was also one of Rick James's better videos. My favorite Rick James video, of course, for the uh, black woman that was leading with him, the fine black woman that was leading with him in uh, this video was Give It To Me, Baby. But Ebony Eyes is quite interesting because Rick and Smokey are pilots. Airplane pilots. And... They are flying a plane, and the plane goes down. They survive, and they are on this deserted island trying to get help, and they're walking around the island just singing a song about, you know, I love you, and I bet you didn't know that girl. It's important to note also that Rick James is really one of the better singers of his generation. Yes, he was a great musician, but his voice was absolutely incredible, too. Let's not leave that out. So, yes, Rick and Smokey walking around this deserted island. And what's amazing for 1983 is the jerry curl stayed moist. You would have to think they run out of activator at some point after being d- on a deserted island. Nevertheless, Ebony Eyes, big hit for Rick and Smokey. Probably the best song on the album. Then, of course... Goes back into the hedonistic side of things with doing it in New York town. And Pimp the Simp. Pimp the Simp is one of the first known R&B singles to feature a hip-hop or rap artist. Of course, Pimp the Simp features Grandmaster Flash of Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five fame. One of the greatest DJs to ever walk the planet. And that was something that people were not doing at the time. Like rap was still very much in its early infant stages of... What do we make of this? And this is coming from black musicians now. Mind you, black musicians still felt burned by the whole disco demolition, disco sucks stuff and the R&B downturn of the early 80s, even though the early 80s had some of the best R&B, you know, from a dance standpoint, there ever was. But Rick was one of the first R&B artists to say, hey, let me bring you into the fold. You know, I see what you did with the message. Come help me out with this song about a woman Mary had a pimp. You know, come help me out with Mary had a pimp. And the pimp is, you know, taking her, robbing her blind. He's got the house. He's got the cars. All she has is a a silver spoon, which, of course, is an, an allusion to uh, doing cocaine and heroin and other drugs and all of that stuff. So help me out with this. Come help me out with this. You know, I saw what you did with the message. I like what you did with the message. Come help me out on Pimp the simp. And that's how Grandmaster Flash gets on one of the first known rap features on R&B song. Tell Me What You Want features the legendary Billy D Williams and that song has the same drum pattern as Ebony Eyes but the instrumentation surrounding it is much different, as is the subject matter. Like Ebony Eyes is just a unabashed love song. Tell Me What You Want is definitely bedroom material. Like what do you want me to do to make sure that this night is great for both of us? Then, of course, The Closer, only two minutes long, but it has a special, actually, this whole album has a special place in millennial culture if you were of college age or high school age or old enough to watch Comedy Central by yourself in 2004. And, of course, we're talking about unity. And, of course, it's, it's hilarious that unity being sung that way is nowhere present on this song, but it's Rick talking about how we all need to unite together which has always been a common theme in black music. You get your album full of dance floor stuff. You get your album full of romance. And then once in a while, you'll get a cut that says, hey, black people, we need each other. It was common in 1983, and it should be common in 2022. It's not, but it should be. But once again, Cold-Blooded did very well. It was number one on the R&B charts for a few weeks in 1983. 16 on the Billboard Top 200 went gold. was top 5 R&B hip hop albums in 1983 and even through 1984 it still did well it ended up in the top 40 for the year-end R&B charts there so this was an album that went a long way and for Rick it was the last really commercial success that he had as Rick James and you never think the party ends but the party does end at some point because Rick's drug use was really starting to get out of hand at this point he um Rebounded enough where Glow reached the top seven in uh, R&B, but it didn't didn't crack the top 40 pop. He never had another top 40 pop album. His last great single was Lucy's Rap with Roxanne Shanté, That was in 1988. Then, of course, the drugs spun out of control. He went to jail for the whole, you know, kidnapping a woman, tying her up, all of that not-so-good stuff. Got out of jail, tried to get back to the music, and then, of course, Chappelle show comes along, and then 2004 he passes away from what is considered to be a drug overdose. And it's unfortunate that a lot of people remember Rick James for the unsavory stuff or the stuff that we think is funny, but it's really not funny. But when you think about a guy who grew up in a house full of eight kids raised by a single woman who ran numbers for the mob in Buffalo and did whatever she had to do to keep a roof over her kid's head, food in their mouth, and clothes on their back. It's quite the story. He uh, went to the Navy. He lied about his age to get into the Navy. Didn't like the Navy, so he bounced on the Navy. Then started performing around Canada in different places. Got with Neil Young, started the Minor Birds, and when the Minor Birds fired their management, the manager snitched on Rick. Said, we got an AWOL dude. He's up in Toronto. Go get him. And then Rick ended up doing a year or so in the Naval Brig. And when you're 18, 19 years old, and you're sitting in a jail cell with grown-ass men that are Navy vets. That's a hard-ass thing to um, deal with. So once Rick got out, really got serious about the music, moved out to California. Side note that I find to be very, I guess, karmic, if you will. I don't know what to call it, or just fortunate timing. He was supposed to be in the house where Charles Manson and his his cronies did, that, did the most lethal damage ever, and... He was he was dating one of the women at the time. Got invited to the house, but got high and fell asleep. That was one time drugs worked out for Rick. Overall, his career from that point forward, you know, he got on as a staff writer at Motown. Then finally got to release his own album in 1978 with the Stone City Band. Come get it. That went high. Then there's busting out, fired up, Garden of Love. I reviewed Garden of Love before. I wanted to review Garden of Love again, just as more, you know, sophisticated version of it, but. I like the version of Garden of Love that I already did, so if you want to find the Garden of Love um, review that I did, just search for it on the Chris Pods and Things podcast, just search for Chris Pods and Things on Spotify and just type in Garden of Love beside it and it should show up, but yeah, oh, it's called Inside the Super Freaks Garden, that's what I called it, but yeah, Garden of Love, then Street Songs, it's his biggest album ever thrown down, it's still very good, and then of course we get to Cold-Blooded, which we just reviewed, and Cold-Blooded was Rick at the end of his peak of success. And it doesn't matter what other stuff he had. I mean, yes, the other stuff was bad. I mean, this was a dude who lived a wild life by his own admissions. If you haven't read his autobiography, um, co-written with David Ritz called Glow, you should definitely check it out. Like, Rick definitely got the most out of all of his 56 years, good, bad, or indifferent. But he's missed. Because he should be... One of these folks on the old school tour circuit tearing shit up because his music was that good. From 1978 to 1984, Rick James peak. You could put him alongside anybody in R&B. Yes, I'm including Prince. Yes, I'm including Michael Jackson. I'm including Aretha and her comeback years. I'm including all the disco folks, all the bands. Rick James was that guy. And we should remember him more for the music than we do for the other stuff. And Cold Blood, it was one of the peak examples of just how great of a songwriter and a musician he was. So to be able to go from conducting a live band to being able to create your own stuff with drum machines and synths, you have to be a good musician, man. You have to know your way around technology, and you have to just know what you want to hear and know what it's going to sound like. And Cold Blood, it was definitely another case of Rick James knowing his sound better than anybody else, and it worked for him, of course. And that will do it for day 27 of the BMM 30 series. Greatly appreciate y'all for listening. Anchor.fm forward slash C-H-R-I-S-P-O-D, the letter N-T-H-A-N-G-S. Search for that as a sentence on Spotify. Chris Pods and Things. Last third of the CMPT BMM 30 series to go. We'll see you tomorrow for day 28. Y'all take it easy.